0: Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
1: Over the summer, we covered the overturning of Roe versus Wade and the impact, worry and rejoicing that people had from that decision. It's almost five months since that occurred, causing many states to take abortion rights into their own hands. However, here in Illinois, abortion is legal. Illinois is now an access state receiving a flood of patients from bordering states who are seeking abortion care. In this episode, we take a look at how Illinois and other states are handling this new era of abortion access, how it impacts people seeking certain procedures, as well as looking at how the recent midterms will continue to affect Illinois and other areas of the country. I'm Lizzie Baumgartner. in 1970, Jane Roe filed a lawsuit against Henry Wade, the district attorney of Dallas County in Texas, challenging a Texas law making abortion illegal except by a doctor's order to save a woman's life, according to Oye, a law project from Cornell's Legal Information Institute. Quote, in her lawsuit, Roe alleged that the state laws were unconstitutionally vague and abridged her right of personal privacy protected by the 1st, 4th, 5th, 9th, and 14th Amendments. The case was decided 7-2. Fast forward almost 50 years later, the right to an abortion was once again on the line, this time in the Dobbs versus Jackson's Women's Health Organization. To help us break down this landmark decision, we spoke to the Center for Reproductive Rights, who helped litigate the case for Jackson's Women's Health Organization. Our client
2: was the last clinic left in Mississippi. So we filed along with some partners who are in Mississippi. We filed this case in March of 2018 on behalf of the last clinic left in the state Jackson women's health organization. We filed this lawsuit to block the state's ban on abortion after 15 weeks of pregnancy, just after the governor, Phil Bryant signed the ban into law a federal district court granted emergency relief, blocking the ban. And so this case really proceeded through the court systems since 2018. And then essentially it it made its way all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. Mississippi appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court on May 17th of 2021, and the court announced that it would hear the case, um, which was a really kind of chilling effect, signaling what we've known all along, that there were plans to overturn Roe v. Wade. Um, Our oral argument took place on December 1st, and the decision was issued on June 24th, um, as you know, which really overturned um, Roe v. Wade, which established our constitutional right to abortion nationwide. So it essentially paved the way for states to start restricting and full-on banning abortion, which is what we're seeing happen now.
1: That's Ashley Gray, the senior advisor for state policy, advocacy, and strategic partnerships at the Center for Reproductive Rights. She says it's crucial for people to understand their rights and how the Dobbs decision impacts far more than just solely abortions. There was a lot of denial that they didn't think this would happen. Um, they thought that
2: Roe v. Wade and their right to abortion nationwide was settled law. So I think, you know, there was a lot of surprise. And then there were a lot of folks who just didn't know um, how that their, their right to abortion was guaranteed. Um, so it's, you know, it's always really important to understand all of your rights, um, whether, you know, regarding abortion or otherwise. Um, But abortion specifically, you know, has has implications for many different areas of folks' lives. It's,
1: um, you know, it financially impacts them, According to a Michigan Ross study called The Economic Consequences of Being Denied an Abortion, women denying abortion saw an 81% of negative public records increase, such as bankruptcies, evictions, and tax liens. And their overdue debts increased by 78%, or $1,750 a year. But the financial toll is not the only thing affecting women being denied abortion care. There's also physical and a mental toll as well. There are, you know, physical health impacts of being able to,
2: you know, continue or not continue a pregnancy, um, depending on, you know, your background and your needs. And then there's logistical, um, you know, issues at play too. folks who want to continue and finish their education, folks who are already parenting or the majority of people who do have abortions. So abortion really touches all aspects of our lives and our decisions and our futures. It's really, really vital for people to understand, you know, the, the impact that this, something like this can have on them. Not just that, but the Roe v. Wade decision established what we call liberty rights, which are also linked to other civil rights like the right to use contraception, the right to marry whomever you want, um, have relationships with whomever you want. Um, so this is, you know, this decision can be really far
1: reaching, which which is alarming. In most cases, abortion and miscarriage care are one and the same. And according to the Washington Post, One in four known pregnancies end in miscarriage, which is around 25%. A dilation and cutterage procedure, or D&C, is one of the most common treatments to clear the uterine lining after a miscarriage. The right to an abortion does not only affect people who want to terminate pregnancies simply because they don't want to be pregnant, but sometimes it's a life-threatening decision a woman has to make. According to AP News, There are three most common pregnancy complications that could lead to the doctor recommending an abortion. One is preeclampsia, a serious high blood pressure condition that happens in 1 in 25 pregnancies, which can lead to kidney problems, fluid in the lungs, and even a stroke. Second, an epitopic pregnancy, which is when a fertilized egg grows outside of the womb, often in the fallopian tube, and happens in 2% of U.S. pregnancies. There is no chance for this embryo to survive, but the fallopian tube could erupt, causing internal bleeding. And finally, placenta abruption. In about one in 100 pregnancies, the placenta separates from the womb prematurely and can cause dangerous maternal bleeding and life-threatening risks to the fetus. What a lot of people don't understand is that
2: abortion care and miscarriage care are, you know, fundamentally uh, medically the same thing. It's the same procedure. We just call it different things depending on the circumstance. So we're seeing folks around the country in states that have banned abortion have a really tough time getting the care that they need for ectopic pregnancies that are really um, dangerous and life-threatening. Um, and also other obstetric emergencies, you know, like people going into labor too soon. Um, and, you know, there's still being a heartbeat and doctors, you know, in these really hostile states where abortion has been banned, not being able to give them the treatment that they need because of the laws that are on the books. Very frightening um, and really dangerous.
1: Gray says Illinois is one of the states really leading the charge for abortion access. The Center for Reproductive Rights uses a tool to track the laws state by state to give an even clearer picture of where people have the most protections.
2: The Center for Reproductive Rights has an interactive map tool called After Roe Fell. We examine laws, state constitutions, court decisions, um, other kind of legal decisions around abortion. And we assign each state, territory, and the District of Columbia to one of five categories. Um, Those categories are kind of along a legal spectrum. So the most accessible and legal category is called expanded access.
1: That's what Illinois is in. The Illinois Reproductive Health Act gives each person a fundamental right to make an individual decision about their own reproductive health. This includes the right to use or refuse reproductive health care, such as birth control, sterilization, abortion, birthing decisions, and maternal care. It was signed into law in 2019 and helped secure legal abortion in Illinois, regardless of the overturning of Roe v. Wade. And also, the Illinois Supreme Court has also recognized the right to abortion
2: under the state's constitution. So that means that abortion in Illinois is legal. It will remain legal. The other notable laws in Illinois that move it into this sort of expanded access category include the fact that Illinois provides public funding for all or most medically necessary abortions and also requires private insurance plans to cover abortion. So not not only is abortion legal in Illinois, it's a lot more accessible than in other states. Um, Illinois also authorizes physicians and certain advanced practice clinicians like physician's assistants, nurse practitioners, um, to provide abortion care consistent with the scope of their practice. So not only doctors have to provide abortion, other other types of care providers can provide abortion in Illinois, kind of expanding that access for people.
1: The 2022 midterm elections took place last week across the country. People were glued to social media, radio, and TV, waiting to see if major changes would be made in party control of the House and Senate. For Michigan, they enshrined abortion rights in their state's constitution. Same with California, who passed a ballot initiative to also put accessibility to abortion in their state. Vermont passed a change in their constitution to say, "quote every person's right to make their own reproductive decisions, end quote, when it comes to pregnancies, birth control, and so on.
2: There's a lot of momentum driving people you know, to not just polls, but also, you know, demonstrations and folks volunteering at their local clinics. Um, There's a lot of energy and momentum following, you know, this unfortunate tragedy of Roe being overturned. And I think that trend is gonna continue. So this week we saw really decisive ballot initiative victories for abortion rights in Michigan, Vermont, California, Montana, and Kentucky. Um, All five places where abortion was literally on the ballot, it won. Um, So, you know, that really echoes the voter momentum that we saw happen this past August in Kansas, when voters turned out overwhelmingly to reject a state constitutional amendment that would have eliminated the right to abortion in the Kansas Constitution.
1: As for Illinois, the state became a blue island in a sea of surrounding red states.
2: Governor Pritzker in Illinois, who supports abortion rights, was easily reelected. And the Illinois legislature and the state Supreme Court are also overwhelmingly supportive of abortion rights. I don't see this trend going away. There's no doubt that losing Roe has motivated voters. We will see more ballot initiatives um, about abortion in future elections. We'll be working with state legislators and advocacy coalitions to help kind of make that continue to happen. So looking ahead in 2023, you know, we're going to help as many folks as we can push forward these state shield law protections. Um, And I think, you know, Roe was never, Roe was never really enough, right? There were a lot of people, even when we had Roe v. Wade, there were a lot of people that still couldn't access abortion care, even though they did have a fundamental right to it. So there's a lot of opportunity to kind of reimagine what a new right will look like. Um, one that's grounded in bodily autonomy or other really, you know, important values that I think are reflected in the, in the American public.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
1: Planned Parenthood is a nonprofit organization delivering vital reproductive health care, sex education, and information to millions of people worldwide. In Illinois, Planned Parenthood has been preparing for the possibility of Roe v. Wade being overturned and what that would mean for our state ahead of time. Bridget Leahy, Vice President of Public Policy at Planned Parenthood Illinois Action and Planned Parenthood of Illinois, talks about what PP has done to adapt to those people coming over the Illinois border for abortion services. So Planned
4: Parenthood of Illinois has worked really hard to build capacity in anticipation of this surge of need. Uh, We opened new health centers in the last few years to make sure that more patients in Illinois could be seen, as well as that they were convenient for patients traveling. So we have a clinic on the border with Wisconsin, one on the border with Waukegan. We just recently in September opened up in clinic abortion services at our existing Champaign Health Center. So we have been growing the capacity. We've also brought in providers from other states to help uh, make sure that we can see more patients. Therefore, Planned Parenthood of Illinois has not really seen an impact either in wait times for abortion or in accessing the many other services that we provide.
1: Leigh says about 30 percent of patients they are currently seeing come from out of state, specifically border states like Missouri, Indiana, Wisconsin and Michigan.
4: However, other providers in Illinois have been seeing capacity issues. And so it may be that Illinoisans are being affected depending on where they live. In Southern Illinois, the the providers in the Metro East St. Louis area have seen uh, a dramatic, overwhelming increase in calls and requests for appointments. They have had an increase in the time that people have to wait to get in. And we've heard anecdotally from some of the other abortion providers in Illinois the same thing. So um, it may depend on who you call first,
1: what, how you're impacted. Collaboration is something PP has been utilizing recently in order to continue their services. From simple doctor appointments, from medications, checkups, to what the public typically knows them to do, abortions. They have looked at other ways to have accessibility for those looking for abortion care. According to NPR, the Missouri and Illinois chapters will be providing mobile clinics at the Illinois and Missouri border for patients seeking an abortion. The mobile clinic will offer consultations and abortion pills to help reduce a patient's travel time and expenses by meeting people where they are. It'll be equipped with two examination rooms, ultrasound machines, and exam tables. They
4: have totally refitted an RV so that they are able to see patients in this mobile clinic where you can have your exam and do all your lab work and everything there and get your medication abortion. The motivation for this was trying to bring care closer to the people who need it. Southern Illinois is an area that really does not have a lot of access to reproductive health care compared
1: to other parts of the state. So this is an innovative way to address the need. The neighboring state of Indiana, though, is a different story. A traditionally red state now sees a surge in complex arguments for abortion rights. The Indiana law addresses that in Senate Bill 1, which says abortions would only be allowed if the pregnant person's life is at risk. There's a lethal fetal anomaly up to 20 weeks and in cases of rape and incest, but only up till 10 weeks. According to WFYI, the bill passed this August, and Governor Eric Holcomb signed it into law shortly after, with it going into effect on September 15th. An article from Politico says a lower court judge issued a preliminary injunction a week after it went into effect, and the Indiana Supreme Court upheld that injunction but is set to hear oral arguments in January 2023. Bridget again.
4: Obviously, an Indiana ban would dramatically impact us in Illinois because that state borders us. It would also be important because Indiana right now is providing access to folks in states like Ohio. So when a state like Indiana goes, we will see not an, only an increase in Indiana patients, but we will see an increase and patients from other states. Likewise, we're waiting to see how a referendum in Michigan goes. Uh, Right now, there's an old, more than 100-year-old law that they have on the books that there was an intent to enforce that ban. It's on the hold with the courts, and there's a referendum to see if they can make uh, reproductive rights part of their constitutional rights in Michigan. So we're waiting to see what will happen there. So it really
1: will probably continue to increase. There are still barriers for folks who travel from out of state for the procedure. Ashley says certain travel laws make out-of-state abortions more difficult. This year, we saw for the first time some states starting
2: to talk about prohibiting out-of-state travel for abortion care. What that essentially means is that a hostile state or a state where they have completely banned abortion, um, you know, some are thinking of passing laws that prohibit not just people getting abortion care in their state, but also in other states. Something to note though, is that in response to the rise of these extreme bans following the decision um, and some of these laws that we're seeing introduced regarding interstate travel in some states, um, other states where abortion is protected are starting to create legislation aimed at protecting providers and people seeking abortion care from out-of-state lawsuits. So we call these interstate shield protection laws and these laws shield providers and patients and people assisting in abortion provision by protecting against um, things like extradition, investigations, uh, professional healthcare penalties, and judgments from out-of-state lawsuits. Um, So Illinois introduced one of these such interstate shield protection bills in 2022. 10 states actually introduced, including Illinois, and then also uh, seven of them enacted. And Illinois did not enact this law, but we're expecting them to reintroduce it um, in 2023.
1: For Leahy, she wants people to know that Planned Parenthood will continue to fight for abortion rights, no matter the outcomes. Critical to
4: understand that when the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, that was not the end of the story. It was just a new chapter in the movement that has been going on for more than 100 years. And Planned Parenthood has been around for more than 100 years, we are going to be here, we are not backing down, we are moving forward, and we are going to continue this fight to make sure that everyone has not only the right, but also the ability to make their own decisions about reproductive and sexual health care and have
1: access to that essential care. To provide more clarity and understanding of laws and regulations, we reached out to the American Civil Liberties Union, or ACLU of Illinois.
5: The ACLU of Illinois has worked for 100 years to protect civil rights and civil liberties in the state of Illinois. We do it through a three-pronged approach. We work in courts through litigation. We work legislatively um, and on policy measures, and then we also do a lot of public engagement and public education to advance um, civil liberties causes here in the state of Illinois. Reproductive rights has been one of our core priority areas for decades.
1: That's Emery Clefetta, director of the Women's and Reproductive Rights Project for the ACLU of Illinois.
5: We know here in Illinois, every time we pass a law that protects reproductive rights, there's a court challenge Um, The Illinois Supreme Court is the last word on Illinois law. And so it is really important that if people care about these issues that they, if they're in one of the districts where there's a, a seat up for election that they show up and vote their values on that issue. And it's not just, you know, I I focus on reproductive rights, but uh, there's a whole host of civil rights and civil liberties issues that go up through the Illinois courts. And again, the Illinois Supreme Court is the last word. So people who care about um, workers' rights, people who care about criminal justice, um, all of those things will go through Illinois courts and are really important.
1: Clofetta says Illinois has made a lot of strides when it comes to abortion rights in the state, but still has more work to do. To solidify protections. So we saw it in 2016
5: when legislators removed trigger language from Illinois law that would have brought back pre-Roe abortion restrictions um, and they expanded Medicaid coverage of abortion care. In 2019, legislators in Springfield passed the Reproductive Health Act to codify Roe into state law. And most recently, they eliminated the parental notice of abortion law. Um, We got those good laws because people voted and the legislators went to Springfield with that mission to codify rights into Illinois law. We don't take anything for granted here. Um, So, you know, even though everybody sees us as an access state, it's really important that people show up in these elections and continue to support legislators who are doing the hard work to protect our rights.
1: The parental notice of abortion law required people younger than 18 to notify a parent or legal guardian 48 hours before receiving an abortion. In some cases, this developed more trauma for underage individuals by doing so. At the time, a minor would have to pursue a judicial bypass in order to obtain an abortion without parental notice, meaning the minor would have to demonstrate to a judge that they are sufficiently mature, well-informed, and parental notice is not in their best interest. The Human Rights Watch and the ACLU of Illinois put out a report on the impact the parental notice of abortion law had on minors. It stated that 40% had concerns about being kicked out of the house and cut off financially, 30% of young people cited fear of deterioration of family relationships, and 9% had a fear of physical and emotional abuse. The parental notice of abortion law was repealed in October 2021. Today, we have the Youth Health and Safety Act, providing everyone the right to their reproductive decisions without any interference and harmful barriers to minors, making Illinois a premier access state for not just Illinoisans, but for people across the Midwest.
5: So if you've seen the map, you
1: know that Illinois is
5: a little island of abortion access Surrounded by a lot of hostile states. Um, many of the states around Illinois have attempted to pass abortion bans in the wake of the Dobbs decision. Um, so, the rights that we have in Illinois are important not just for people in Illinois, but people who may have no choice but to travel here to get abortion care. Um, people who are in states where abortion is banned, you know, there's no secret path to an abortion there. The three choices are. To self-manage an abortion, which can be safe, but is not uh, what everybody would prefer for themselves, um, they are forced to carry a pregnancy to term, or they can travel if they're able to do that. Um, so it is estimated that 20 to 30,000 more people are going to be traveling to Illinois for abortion
1: care. Clotheta points out that most people are not aware of the regulations on women due to religious practices. According to the University of Colorado Boulder, the Catholic Church is against abortions and artificial birth control, but 56% of U.S. Catholics believe abortion should be legal in all or most circumstances, whether or not they believe they will ever seek one. With the report stating, quote, It's a clear reminder of the complex relationship between any religious traditions, teachings, and how people actually live out their beliefs. Specifically here in Illinois, most healthcare providers are religiously affiliated. According to U Chicago Medicine Center for Interdisciplinary Inquiry and Innovation in Sexual and Reproductive Health, 38% of all Cook County hospitals with a labor and delivery department are Catholic controlled and 64% have a religious affiliation. Even with all the good
5: protections that we have here in Illinois, we have very broad protections for people who refuse to provide reproductive health care because of a religious or a conscience-based objection. And we also have a very high concentration in Illinois of religiously affiliated health care. Um, So for many people in Illinois, they still may have trouble accessing reproductive health care because they end up at a provider who will not provide that care because of a religious objection. the law is called the Illinois Healthcare Right of Conscience Act. We amended it in 2017 to add additional protections for patients. So, if they're getting turned away because their provider has a religious objection, at least they're getting information about their condition and their options so that they can go somewhere else to get care. Um, that law is also being challenged, that's being challenged in federal court. Um, But I note it because it's a good example of the need to continue pushing, even in a state like Illinois, to make sure that everybody can access the health care that's right for them.
1: With restrictions, enshrinement, and still an overall debate about the morality of abortion, Ashley wants to remind people that this isn't a black and white issue. There's more layers when it comes to having accessibility to abortion than the surface assumption.
2: We're hearing a lot of people You know, talking about voters being asked to choose between the economy and abortion, and I just want to point out that that's a false choice. We don't live in single issue lives. Abortion is very much an economic issue. The two are inextricably linked. So, you know, it's important for people to remember that being forced to have a child comes with huge financial burdens. It often pushes people into poverty um many people who choose to have abortions cite financial instability as their reason for seeking that care so you know it's really really key to um understand that those who are denied abortion are much more likely to fall below the the federal poverty line so you know abortion abortion is the economy (laughs) um it really touches all aspects of our lives Um, And it's important for people to see it in that holistic way so they know how important it is.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of WBBM Courier Pigeon, our newest podcast. Subscribe to us on the Odyssey app, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts so you don't miss an episode. WBBM Courier Pigeon is an original podcast production. It is produced, written, and edited by Lauren Brown and Lizzie Baumgartner. Reporting for this episode was done by Lauren Brown. Thanks for listening to WBBM Courier Pigeon. I'm Lizzie Baumgartner.